Let's clap our hands for the Lord. Oh, what a great day to be in church, and I'm just so grateful to be at Journey Church, one of my favorite churches on the planet. When Pastor Mark invited me to come be a part, I can't wait to be here. I was here four years ago or three years ago. I, I would have walked from Birmingham to be here. I love me some Delaware. First time I came to Delaware was three years ago, and like Delaware is on my bucket list now. I just love it, love it, love it. You're great people, man. Come on, let's go fighting blue hens. Where are you at? Fighting blue hens, fighting blue hens. And uh, they got, got, I got a sweatshirt last time. I'm wearing it down there in the, uh, around Alabama and LSU and all those weak schools. And so... I don't know what's up, and so it's great to be here. Honored, honored, honored. I uh, love what God is doing, of course, here at all the locations. And what an exciting time to open a new location. There's something about opening a new location that says a lot of things about you as a church. It says, number one, you're generous, and you're faithful in the tithe and offering, because things like that don't happen without people that are consistent in their giving. They make God a priority, and that's you are good stewardship, good integrity uh, as a church. But then it also says you care about people, more space for more people. That's that's the only reason why we open up other locations because we're wanting to reach people. We want souls to know that you matter. We see you and we'll do everything we can to get the gospel to you, of course, with all the other great churches. And I just love the heart of this church and love the heart of what God is doing. And I showed up at a church and didn't know anything when I was 18 years old. I was not raised in church uh, at all. We, we didn't go to church any. It was not because we were like wicked or, you know, doing seances and stuff like that. We just, we just worked the weekends. Uh, I was raised in a community, uh, a beach community, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and, uh, and we worked every week and worked on Sundays, and I didn't know, and I was grateful for a church like this who said, let's do everything we can. They, they did a love week. They did a serve day. They did an outreach, and I was impacted by that, showed up in a church, and I was grateful that they gave me a pathway. They, they helped me get plugged in. They gave me some next steps. Because uh, to me, church was a maze. I had no context on what this was about and got involved with a, a J group or a small group and then joined a team. Come on. I love the idea of a J team. And all that made a difference in my life. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the pathway and those steps for a church like this. And so grateful, grateful to get to communicate with you and be here with you on this weekend. And I love your pastors. Uh, they are the real deal. The more I, you know, there's some people, the more you get to know, it, it, it's kind of like, let, let's be honest, the, the less you like them. You know what I'm It's like, I, the more I know you, the, the, the more I don't want to be around you. But I love you in, in, the, in the Lord. I love you in the Lord. Uh, Pastor Marcus, the more I'm around them, the more I love them. The more I'm around your pastors, the more I respect them, the more I want to be with them because of their love for God, their love for you, their love for each other, their family, integrity, deep well of God's Word. I'm telling you on a personal note, they are a gift to the body of Christ. What we do with pastors so often, I'm telling them, watch Journey. Watch Pastor Mark Susie. Look at them. They're doing it right. They're doing it for the right reason. I'm very grateful for your pastors. And God gave you a gift when they gave you that couple. Let's clap our hands at all the locations for your pastors. The real deal. And uh, they help us with the thing we do. We, we help start new churches, and we've launched together, all of us, you, you did this. Uh, we've launched 1,079 new churches in the last 22 years. Two weeks ago, we launched a church in Oregon. Uh, last week, we launched a church right outside of Dallas. And both of them are doing well, but how many knows Oregon ain't Dallas? And, and it, it, but we, we, st we launched a church in Dallas, a new church. Again, your giving helps do that uh, with 190 people right outside of Salem, Oregon, and had nine people give their life to Christ. And, you know, that's a big deal in Oregon. So 
Somebody said, what'd you do this week? You tell them, well, I started a church at Oregon. That's what I did this week. Because your giving did that. And the, the, the stewardship of this house did that. So thanks a lot. Uh, I get to serve at a great church in, in Birmingham, Alabama. I pastored a church for 20 years in Louisiana. Now I'm in Birmingham, a church like this. Uh, pastor Chris Hodges is good friends with your pastor. We're multiple locations, reaching people, helping people go on a journey. And then uh, also get to lead, be a part of this ark. And then I uh, love my family. I never communicate without showing a picture of my family. So I'm Italian, so you're going to have to deal with it this morning. Uh, let's throw that picture of the family up there. If you've got the Rizzo picture. There's a Rizzo's. And so that's our, our oldest daughter, McCall. She's, uh, she's pregnant with our first grandchild, and so she gets everything she wants right now. You name it, you got it, and we'll just deal with your son-in-law. Uh, my son-in-law, that's Trey. He's a fine young man. My, my son, Dylan, who works with us at Highlands, and that's our baby girl, Isabella, just graduated from Alabama, and that's my gorgeous wife. I know you're still thinking, how did, how did that happen? How did that woman hang out with this big old Italian? She thought I had money for a minute. It was just, just for, only for a minute. But that is the best Christian I know. That is the best woman on the planet. I love her like crazy. We'll be married 35 years this December. And uh, I can't wait to get home to her. She's the best thing other than Jesus that ever happened to me. So uh, our family loves this family. I feel like family when I'm here. And so I make myself at home in Delaware and at Journey Church. It's easy to make yourself at home at Journey. If you're a first-time guest or you're joining us at one of the locations, maybe it's your third visit, you're in a good house. They love you. They care about you. And we're going to have, we're going to have, I believe God's going to help us this morning. Love the series that you're in, Empowered. Uh, I watched uh, some of the installments. I watched Pastor Mark's message last week. Phenomenal fantastic. And uh, I want to come alongside of that message, group of messages, and add an installment as we wrap up. And I want to talk around the idea of a, an a empowered vantage point. See, I believe when you study God's Word and the Holy Spirit uh, lives in you and you welcome the Holy Spirit like we were singing, then you, you, you're empowered by a different uh, perspective. You're, you're empowered by a different view. You see things differently when you see things through the lens of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's called a vantage point. We have a vantage point in the Holy Spirit in grace and forgiveness. And I want to talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, so let's all pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing across church life. And Lord, we lean into you. Thank you for our pastors. And thank you for what you're saying d during this series. And let every person know that they matter, Father. Every single dad and single mom and blended family. And everyone that's here, Father. Maybe they're single again. Maybe there's things going on in their life right now. Lord, you see it. You know it. So speak to every heart. Uh, Lord, we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Once you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at that other person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you could use a little church today. That's how we say it down in the South, church. -a. It's like two words. And so um, Isaiah chapter 55 uh, I'm going to end up in the book of Acts where you've been, Acts chapter 3, but I just want to kind of throw out a little appetizer here, a little foyer into the main room. Isaiah 55 is, a, is an incredible uh, 
promise that God gives the people of Israel. Now, the people of Israel are going through a hard time. Their nation is divided. Uh, their, their land is barren. Uh, they've, been, they've been split up in a lot of different ways. And, and there's pain and there's peril and there's trouble everywhere. And God sends them a promise. And when you read the promise based on what they're going through, based on their circumstance, based on their situation, what he's saying to them about what he sees is totally different than the reality that they're seeing. And, and, and you'll understand why, that God has a different vantage point about the world, about our life, about what we're facing, about the battles that we go through than we do. And he sets that tone here in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, declares the Lord, your ways. As the heavens, this is important, as the heavens are higher than the earth, and we realize that, so are my ways higher than your ways. God says, I, I have an elevated view. I, uh, the way I see things, the, your, the thoughts that you have are limited. My thoughts are, are not limited. My, my viewpoint, my, uh, my, my sight line on what's happening in, the, in this world and what's happening with you, I have a different elevation than what, what you're seeing. I was a lifeguard for several years when I worked in Myrtle Beach. And one of the things, you, as a lifeguard, lifeguard's not sitting on the sand. Lifeguard's not sitting in a chair. A lifeguard is up in a tower because you can see over the the heads and the umbrellas and the chairs and and now there's wagons and people bringing 18 wheelers down to the beach try to unload their stuff all this stuff going on so a lifeguard sits up in a tower why so he can kind of scan the horizon look at the at the at the shoreline and and he's got to get elevated God says I don't see things the way you see things I I don't have the obstacles I don't have the uh, the things that are in my way my 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 thoughts are higher than your thoughts it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish, so it yields seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So is my word. My word's the same way. It says, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I love these two verses. You will go out in joy. Nothing looks like joy in their reality. You will go out in joy. You'll be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead, that's a good word, instead of the thorn bush, you will grow a Jupiter or a Jupiter tree, and instead of the briars, uh, the myrtle tree will grow up in your life. God is saying, instead of of this, you're going to get this. I know you're seeing this. I know you're thinking this, but I have different thoughts. I see things differently, and, and I'm, I'm going to do something differently. Can I have a good amen for God's Word? I love this, this chapter because when you read it, it's a great, when you read the promises, it's a beautiful picture. I mean, it's just like you're out, and man, the, 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 the trees, the, the leaves are blowing, the, the temperatures are great, and, and everything's just kind of happening, and everything's beautiful, and, and there's joy, and there's peace, and, and everything's springing up, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a great picture, but in the reality, and when it was written, it was not that. It was tough. It was barren. Israel was, was divided. Israel was down. Israel was having trouble. So who's right? Is it the reality of what Israel was dealing with? Or is it God's promise? Could it be that as they were facing those things, that God Almighty had a different vantage point than they had? 
Could it be that God thinks differently and God sees differently? And could it be that God sees further down the road than we see? See, God has a different vantage point. God sees things. God knows things. God doesn't have the same view. God doesn't see everything about our life and our marriage and our trouble at the same angle that we see it. It's different. And he's trying to get us to have his vantage point. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. The Holy Spirit fills us and helps us and comforts us and leads us into truth so that we can have the God perspective. We can have the God promise. We can have the God vantage point. About 15 years ago, there was a movie that came out called Vantage Point. So I went to it, and I was excited about it. It's an action film. Uh, the characters are great. Dennis Quaid was in it. He's in everything. He's 125 years old now. And so, and then Forrest Whitaker. Hello. Hello, Forrest Whitaker. I love Forrest Whitaker. And so they're in the movie. So I think, this is fabulous. So I go, I sit down, and I start watching it. At about nine to ten minutes in, I'm watching, it stops and starts over again. I'm like, okay, this is broke. It's broke film. And I'm watching it, and then it does, and then it goes about nine minutes and it starts over again. And then it goes another nine minutes and it starts over again. And about the fourth time it dawns on me, it's the same story, but it's all being shown from a different vantage point. We're looking at the same thing, but the ambulance driver's looking at it. The concession person's telling their story. The, the criminal is telling their story. The, the main character is telling their story. And as, as, as the same story over and over again is seen from different angles, come on somebody, different slants, uh, different perspectives, different vantage point. The first time I saw it, I didn't get it. I don't know who did what. But let me tell you something, church, about the fifth or sixth time. Oh, yeah, I'm about to solve this crime right now. I'm a crime solver. Because I'm seeing it. Boy, I feel like preaching right now. Think about it. We see things from one angle. But God says, I don't see things from one angle. I see your pain. I see the problems. I see the success. I see the ups and the downs. I see it from a 360 viewpoint. And my word and my Holy Spirit will help you what? Connect the dots where all of a sudden you begin to see God's hand in your life. And the Holy Spirit helps you what? Connect the dots. That's why we need to be empowered We've got to lean in and not live our life isolated and not live our life away and alone. I love when you define, here's vantage point defined. It's a place or a position that provides a larger view. A larger view. That's how life works. We do it all the time. Uh, I love the speech that I give my children. You are 19. I am 59. I've been 19. You ain't never been 59. Sit down. Mm. Hey. I love that speech. It's, it's a single person that says to a married couple, how did, you, how did you find the one? How did you know? You're waiting on this list. Just AI, chat GPT, just give me something. 
Because I don't know. And the married couple looks at you and says, you'll just know. I'm about to fight you right now. I don't know. I have a vantage point that you don't have. It's in the Bible. David sees Goliath. He sees him from one angle. Saul is in the tent. Saul is saying, he's too big. He's too powerful. I'm too scared. There's no way we can defeat him. Have you seen the size of that giant? Have you seen the things he's saying? He's got the viewpoint of intimidation, of fear. David walks up and says, oh, he's too big to miss. God's too big. It's not how big Goliath is. It's how big my God is. See, hey, seeing the same thing, but they're seeing it from different vantage points. That's how the word works. That's why your pastor has been talking about the being filled and being empowered and, and embracing all that God has for us so that we can see things differently. See, when you get God's vantage point, you'll see your life differently. And guess what else? You'll see people differently. You'll love people differently. You'll serve people differently. You'll see the house of God differently. You'll see generosity differently. You'll forgive differently. Come on. You'll, you'll, you'll notice people differently. You won't, you won't just see people through the grid and, and through the natural filter. You'll, you'll see people, you'll see someone hurting. You'll, you'll understand someone that's fighting through an addiction or trying to find sobriety in their life. You see all these things differently when they're going through a pain. You won't judge the same way. You won't feel the same way. And, and, and you, won't, you won't be so short the same way with someone. Your anger will change. Your patience will change. Your gentleness will change. Your Kindness will change. Things begin to change when you see through the empowered vantage point of the Holy Spirit. There's probably nowhere that we see this like this window in Acts chapter 3. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite stories in the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts said, and you know when the gospel's in, the disciples are not in a good spot. And they've run, they're hiding, they're fearful. And, 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 and primary person one is, is, is Peter. Peter's just had a big ale, man. He's, he's suffered a big loss. He's had, a, he's had his worst day. But Jesus goes and brings restoration and brings healing into Peter's life. And the book of Acts takes place and the Holy Spirit is poured out. And those, those same disciples that were scared and were, were trembling, hiding out, now begin to step up. And the power of the Holy Spirit, and they, they see the, everything differently. And, and all of a sudden, Peter, who, who, who's just been the, the last time we've seen him, he, he was eat up with fear. Now he stands up and preaches the gospel. Boy, what a comeback. Come on, somebody. What a rebound. He's, the, he's seeing things differently. He sees his failure. He sees his loss differently. You see it through the grace of God. Sin, sin gives you the disadvantage where grace gives you the advantage. It's kind of how it works. It's it. And it happens in his life, and he preaches, and, and now the church is birthed, and now there's unity, and there's, come on, they're in J groups, and they're on J teams, and they're, they're getting ready to launch some new locations. And it's the same. Not much has changed. We're still doing Acts chapter 2. This is still happening in a New Testament church like this. And so all these things are happening. And then it gets down and, 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 and the microscope zooms in on a moment into a window. And I love it. This is Acts chapter 3 verse 1. One day Peter and John were just going to the temple at the time of prayer. 
just going to pray. We did that this week. Prayer at night. Just, just, just pray. It says at three in the afternoon, there was a specific time. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate. It was called Beautiful. Where he was put. I thought that's interesting. He was put. He was located. He was placed every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Every single day, day in and day out, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they would carry this man who was paralyzed, crippled, lame, and they would put him right there at the gate, at the doorway of those that were going into the temple to pray, to worship, to hear the old, you know, the, the core, the scripture, all these things are happening in the synagogue, and, and there is the man, he has found himself a spot, and it, it sounds like they put him in the same spot right by that, it's given location, right by that gate, right there by the temple gate called Beautiful, and he, he sits there every day, and he's begging and he's asking for help and he's, he's living off of the goodwill and the mercy and the generosity of other people and he's sitting right there. I wondered, I, I just, when I think about it, I thought, man, he sat in a good spot. He sat in a good spot. There's something about those people that go in there that maybe they're just a little bit more generous. See, I think when you have an encounter with God, it changes your generosity. I think when you're in power with the Holy Spirit, it changes you. He's sitting there, and he's asking for alms, and he's begging. And he's kind of outside, but he's inside. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Peter looked straight at him. Didn't avoid him. Didn't look around him. Didn't look above him. Didn't look beneath him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. Connect, connect, connect. I see you. You see me. I see you. I see you in your pain. I see you in your struggle. I see you in your moment. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. His expectation grew. I think when you open a new location, the expectation of a community grows. I think when you do a love week, the expectation grows. I just love that. I just love this idea of, of, of seeing people and reaching people, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the witness that God wants. He says, and, and Peter says, he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. Everybody has something. Everybody has something to make a difference in somebody else's life. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. He spoke that, walk. Get up and Walk. But then he does something else. He, taking him by the right hand. Look at this. He helped him up. I love that. See, it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to extend a hand. It's one thing to say, you need to get your act together. It's another thing to say, and I want to bring you to a small group. It's one thing to say, you need to get free from that addiction. It's another thing to say, let me tell you my story. Let me tell how I walked through that pain. I'm here for you. Call me when you're struggling. It's one thing to say, man, we ought to see these things change in our community. It's another thing to be a part of a team that engages in the, those, the, that, that situation. It, it, you, know, you know, so many people just say it. But Peter and John, they reached out and touched it. They helped him up. It says, as they were doing that, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet. He started walking, and then he went with them. As he went into the temple gates, walking, now he's jumping. Now we, It's like a praise break. Now he's praising God. He's over there just having a great time. All the people saw him walking, praising God. 
and the people recognized him as the same man. Everybody say the same man. Who used to sit begging at the gate over there called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Oh, I love that story. You know, Peter and John, when they were walking in and they saw him, everybody else walked by him and they saw him in his limited, they, they viewed him from his pain, from his challenge, from his lifts of negatives. Peter and John had a different filter, a different vantage point, a different sight line. They did not see him in his pain. They saw him in his potential. They did not see him in his lameness. They saw him in, that he could make a difference. And so when God, when, you have, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're empowered and you say, I want more of you and less of me, and when the Holy Spirit visits the church and when the Holy Spirit is welcome in the church and when the Holy Spirit is welcome in our marriage and welcome as a college student, then all of a sudden we're going to see people differently and we won't see them in their past. We will see them in their potential. We will not define them in their worst day but we will believe that there's a better day for them. And you got to believe God for that as a parent. We got to believe God for that. It's sometimes for people that are close to us, they go through something, they're struggling with something. We can't, we can't keep defining them based on what they're doing. We got to define them based on what they can become. And that's, that's being empowered and a Holy Spirit advantage. So from God's vantage point, we see people, we love people, we hope for people. We don't judge their life on their worst day. We believe God that they could get up. They could walk and jump. And then what's amazing is the one that everybody walked by is now the one that's praising God. And now everybody in the, in the, in the sanctuary, everybody in the synagogue, now they're all praising God. Isn't it a great story? I just thank God for his word. I, th I thank God for the window that challenges me and encourages me in my life. I wrote down a few things, just some application that we'll wrap up um, today. And I, I wrote this in my notes. I want to give you the M&Ms of an empowered vantage point. Really, there's not a lot to do with M&Ms other than I'm thinking about them this morning. <laughs> so I wrote M&Ms. <laughs> Here's the first one. We have a mandate. When you, the Holy Spirit, the, the empowered vantage point will give you the mandate to make a difference. The mandate that you can't just be about me, myself, and I. I've got to live beyond. I've got to see beyond. I can't just see what's in front of me. I know that there's a bigger picture at work in my life. I know I'm going through this pain right now, but I know that there's another side to this pain. I know I'm going through this right now, but I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop going to church. I'm not going to stop serving on a team because I have a mandate. And, and there's only one answer to a mandate. You know what one, the answer is? Yes. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. Yes. It's just, it's just yes. It, it, it's almost like this. I've got, God says, I've got a question for you. I've got something for you. And we say, yes. What's the question? We're those kind of people. Why? Because we have a mandate. The only answer to a mandate is yes. We're going to go in all the world. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a witness. Yes, I'm going to be a witness. It's just a yes. Here's a second thing that I wrote down. There's a mission. We're all on mission together. 
We're all contributing to the mission of God. We're contributing to the work of God. And guess what? We all can do more than we can by ourselves. I can't launch a location in Middletown all by myself. We can. I can't launch 1,079 churches. We can. Can't do much by myself. I can make it a small, but there's a mission. We're on a mandate together in the local church, together, our giving and our time. We, 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 we're, what we're going to make, we're on a mission. And then the third thing is we mobilize then. Let's go do that. Okay, I want to be on a team. I, I want to contribute to that. I just don't want to be a bystander. I just don't want to keep walking by the same problem, the same situation, and never stop and say, I see you. Now look at me. I've got something to contribute. I've got something to be a part. I can no longer be a spectator to the pain around me. I've been empowered. I have a different vantage point, and I'm not going to. Not gonna hide in the shadows. Not gonna be embarrassed about what I've been through. I'm not, not gonna run away from my storm. Not gonna hide. I, I went through that struggle for a reason. I went through that pain for a reason. And I went through that pain so I can help somebody from their pain. I went through that situation so that I can, I can not be silent about my situation so that I can use all this mess that I went through to be a part of my message. I, I can now turn around and look at the storm and say it is well with my soul because God was with me and I know you're going through a storm and I'm going to help you through a storm. That's the vantage point of God. Together. Together. We have a saying in South Louisiana, there's one bayou you don't want to live on. It's called by yourself. Number trouble on by yourself. Get in a group. Join a team. Together. And then the last thing is when all that comes together, we just watch the miracles take place. My life now becomes a miracle for somebody else. I now have the God vantage point. And I have a mandate and I'm on mission with my life. Or mobilize. And I'm going to watch. Why? Because you just never know. Peter and John did not get up that morning. Okay, we're going to get to the gate. And there's going to be this moment. And there's just going to be a bam, a miracle. They just going to pray. But their hearts were alive. And, and they were on mission. And they had a mandate to be a blessing. We just got to live that way. We live in a world that's constantly trying to take that from us. I'll finish with this. The other day, I dropped my son off at the airport, and we were busy. Had a busy day. One of them early flights, one of them 5 a.m. flights. He walked into the airport. And I was just like, Lord, be with him. He's heading up to New York to do something. And I was heading off. Busy day. Busy. Oh, I've got a lot going. My, my calendar's pinging, and my reminders are hitting. And, whoo, I got a lot to do today. Whoo, Lord. A lot of people need me. I was pulling to a little gas station right there by the airport. And I know that community well. We have a dream center there. It's a, one of our forgotten communities in Birmingham where they're loving on people and doing what you do. And, and, and I'm, I'm at the pump. It's 515. And I notice people in the parking lot. And I'm like, what are they going? Oh, I realize there's some of our homeless population. And I'm, one is right here by me in the traffic. I'm kind of watching him, watching me. And I'm just kind of keeping aware of my surroundings. And I get done. And I get ready to get in my truck. And the Holy Spirit nudges me. How many know the Lord remembers all those prayers we pray? 
and he will mess with you. He's knocking on my heart. He says, give him something. I ain't got no cash. I ain't got cash. I don't know if he Venmo. I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I get in the truck, and he, and, and the, and he won't leave, the Lord won't leave me alone. And he says, find some money in this truck. And I know you don't want to be bothered, but give him something from me. Backpack a dollar, console a dollar, under the seat a dollar. I come up with five dollars. Get back out the truck. I said, hey, my man, here's five dollars. He looks at me and said, it's not from me. It's from Jesus. Jesus told me to give you this. I go to get my truck. He says, hey, bro, you going to pray for me? That's a genius idea. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I said, man, I'd, love, I'd be honored to pray for you. And I, and I went to reach out to him. And he just kind of, like he went to, and I just, oh, we're doing this. And I hugged him. I, I leaned in. I breathed. He smelt like the street. The street has a smell. Pain has a smell. Loneliness has a smell. Addiction has a smell. Brokenness has a smell. And I breathed it in. If you've ever been in a something like that, you. you you, you know. I just prayed for him and loved on him. and it, I, I felt it was, it was the appropriate thing to do at that moment. I got done and he looked at me. He said, man, the sun's coming up. I said, no. Sun's. He said, no, 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 no. The S-O-N. I sensed him coming up in my life when you were praying for me. Wow. wow. All clapping should be for the Holy Spirit. Because I did not. But the Holy Spirit wanted to. Do you not think on that Tuesday that I saw Tuesday differently? Do you not think I moved differently? I looked differently? I noticed differently? Do you not think every time I come out of the airport and I see that gas station, I have a different vantage point about, about humanity? All I can think about is, God, help me to be that person. Help us to be that church. Can I have a good amen? Let's be known. Oh, that's those people. That's that church. Boy, they see differently. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you for your Holy Spirit, your presence. We thank you for it in this room and at all the locations, but we thank you for it on a Tuesday at 5 a.m. in our truck or a late shift working with someone struggling noticing someone that's in pain and trauma has a reduced opportunity and we've been blessed in generous moments and moments where Lord I need to pray for someone I need to lean into someone I need to take a minute five minutes or five dollars just be the hands and feet of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Give me a different vantage point, God, about my work and my life. Maybe you're here today and you feel far from God. That doesn't have to be the case. You can just pray a prayer and breathe the name of Jesus all across this room before we're, 
we're leaving, if you say, Dino, pray for me, I feel far from God. If that's you, I'm not going to have you stand or embarrass you. Just slip up your hand. Feel far from God. Pray a prayer like this, and one of the team's going to help you come take another step. Just pray a prayer like this from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my, my sin, my, my brokenness. And you died on the cross so that I don't have to be far. So I invite you to be Lord of my life. I confess you with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you died and you rose again. And so today, give me a new beginning and a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for all those who made a decision today.